Hola, ¿cómo están? Espero que todos estén bien. Yo soy muy feliz de que No, I think I'll go in English. Good morning. It's a great joy to be here with all of you this morning. Uh, it is quite a challenge to live in, 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 in the north, in the southeast of Europe, because uh, we're just surrounded by five different languages. If I try to go up at north, uh, then I ended up uh, uh, listening to people who are speaking uh, uh, Montenegriano, which is Montenegro. If I go to the other side, uh, to the right, then I'm going to meet people from Macedonia who are speaking Macedonian. If I go down, then I'm going to meet the Greeks, and they will speak Greek. And if I go to the other side, and then I meet uh, people speaking Italian. So it's not just a matter of moving your house to another place, but it's a matter of really knowing that you will have to learn different languages in order to move it and serve in that area. So it is a great joy from the Lord to be here this morning. I, I want to thank all of you for your hospitality. You have wonderful pastors. They've been feeding me like crazy. <laughs> and uh, I, I've been having fun. Uh, um, I don't know if this is a golf one, but it looks like. So I went to the golf place for the first time in life, and it was, it was fun. It took forever, but it was fun. <laughs> and uh, uh, I wish there would have been nine holes, but they're 18, so... By the time we were in the hole number nine, I said, when are we eating hamburgers? Don't we supposed to be eating? And uh, so, uh, but, uh, but it, it has been a great time just to, to visit with everyone. Uh, uh, I don't want to say one name because if I mention one name, then I might miss one. And every one of you has been, you, you've been so great to us. Uh, uh, we, 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 you had impact our lives uh, uh, from the very time that we met a long time ago, uh, where I, I believe uh, 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 Pastor Clyde and Mr. Reese are the ones who know us from the longest. Uh, I, I was still a single man, so they know the truth. <laughs> but uh, 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 they've been invested. Uh, 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 we've been investing time together in our friendship uh, grow, uh, as I was growing up, and, uh, and, and the Lord has been good. So today we're here just to share with you a little bit of what God uh, has been doing with us, and I would like for you to see some pictures. My name is Carlos Valladares. My family and I moved to the Muslim country of Albania as missionaries in the year 2013. The language, the culture, and the weather, they have been our biggest challenge so far. But by the grace of God, the doors began to open, and we were able to partner with our local church, working directly with our children's ministry. We took this opportunity to develop an in-depth discipleship program for each age group of children. Through this program, we were able to reach many Muslim families with the gospel. Some have stopped participating, but many have made the decision to follow Christ. There are now 150 children in multiple churches throughout Albania that are using our discipleship program. Through Bible study, dramas, puppets, clowns, and different methods, lives are beginning to shape for the kingdom. In 2019, 
the children of our discipleship program will be ready to join over 120 youth that are coming from Latin America for what we're calling an invasion. The majority of the Albanian population are Muslims, while less than 1% are evangelical Christians. Even though the challenge is great and there's much to do, our next few years will be spent raising up generation of disciples that will reach their communities with the message that Jesus loves and Jesus saves. This is what your offerings and your prayers will let us do. And I want to thank you personally, all of you, for all your investment in our ministry in Albania. And looking forward to see you there. I wish it would be. How many airplanes do we need to all of you to arrive there at the same time? I'll make numbers and I'll send it back to you. I might send a budget. I'll try to make it. If we, all, of, all of us go there, we're going to get some free tickets. <laughs> uh, 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 but anyway... Uh, um, uh, this is the, the main focus this morning, uh, how we may approach our specific mission. Everything is about w- to know what God has done in our lives and how we can share with others uh, all those details that the Lord has done in our hearts. I believe if we're sitting here this morning, it's because the Lord has been working in every one of us. Um, some of us, we may uh, meet the Lord in, in horrible circumstances uh, uh, and circumstances that uh, we didn't want to face, but in that moment the Lord came and met our lives, and it was uh, 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 it was a, a big change within that moment. So we have a, a mission to accomplish, uh, and we all know by heart what Matthew twenty eight says about going out and making disciples and preach the good news uh, to everyone. So this morning uh, I just want to focus about how we may approach or, or a specific mission uh, that we have. And, and how we can accomplish that, because all of us, we have a mission. That, that's the matter if you're called to be a pastor, or if you're called to be a missionary, or if you're called to be a Sunday school teacher, or if you're called to uh, uh, be helping with the, with the kids in the back, uh, uh, or, or be one of the leaders. We all have a mission to accomplish, and that's where I want to go this morning. So I would like to uh, bring up uh, some verses from the Bible in the book of Acts. Uh, chapter 11, uh, verse 1 to 18. And I would like to read them as they appear. Uh, the apostles and the believers throughout Judea hear that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, their circumcised believers criticized him and say, you went into the house of uncircumcised uh, men and ate with them? It started from the beginning. Peter told them the whole story. I was in the city of Joppa uh, praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being laid down from heaven uh, uh, by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it, and I saw four uh, footed animals uh, of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds. Then I hear a voice telling me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. I reply, surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then he was all uh, pulled up to heaven again. 
right then three men uh, who had been sent to me uh, from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. The six brothers also went with me, and we entered the men's house. He told me how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, Send to Iopa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and your uh, household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came into them as he had come uh, uh, on us at the beginning. Then I remember what the Lord had said. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift uh, to, uh, he gave us who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I, could, uh, stand, that I could stand in God's way? When they hear this, they had no further, further objections and praised God, saying, So then even the Gentiles, God has uh, granted repentance that leads to life. I hope you understand that because it was hard to read it, but uh, I'm glad for technology that helps a lot. But uh, um, I'm original from El Salvador, like you, you all hear. And uh, I was about to explain where is Albania, but some people said, but where is El Salvador? Then I thought, well, I'm going to start from there then. Uh, El Salvador is in Central America. And, uh, and when I was there in Albania, uh, explaining to, to the Albanians, they keep saying, but where is El Salvador? Is El Salvador uh, uh, by Argentina or, or by Brazil? And I said, no, El Salvador is part of a, re- uh, 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 a region that is called Central America. We're borders with Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua. And they're like, ah, it's above Mexico. I said, I said forget it. You know, uh, it doesn't matter because El Salvadorians doesn't know where is Albania. So we're equal. It's not a problem at all. And, uh, and, uh, and I keep moving. So every time people ask me, where am I from? I said, I'm from Camas. This is the town where I'm from, where I live. And they said, no, for real, where are you from? And I said, yeah, I'm from Albania. Don't you see? And they're like, yeah, you speak Albanian, but you don't look like. And I said, okay, let me explain you. And I don't tell them where I'm from, but I tell them about Jesus. <laughs> so uh, I, I use that uh, to be able to share about what the Lord has done. So that's what the Lord did. He pulled this uh, Salvadorian family. It was so funny. When we got to Albania, we used to walk in the streets. And then uh, we all four went by uh, in the street. And people just look at us like, Albanians, they like to see who you are. Uh, if you sometimes feel like someone is looking at you from head to feet like that, and uh, uh, <laughs> if you come to Albania, they're not going to look at you like this. They will look at you like this. And they will not stop you until you keep walking, and then they will go like that. <laughs> and then you feel like, am I right? Do I have everything? And then Sophia will go, why are they looking at us? Just smile, you know. And I just keep walking. They said, but why do they look to us like that? I said, we're just different. We have a different color skin. We have a different uh, language. So uh, let's just smile. And, uh, and, and she said, but why are they speaking to me? Sophia's a little bit. More like Chinese style. I think she'd be a, a missionary somewhere in there. But anyway, uh, uh, she, she said, the kids meet her in the road. And they said, and Sophia goes, why are they speaking to me like that? I, I look at her and I said, I wouldn't speak to you like that. <laughs> but because I know where you're from, I don't. So uh, I, I, 
I mean, that's, that's a strange thing God will do. Sometimes God will move us from a, a, a normal position to a position that is totally awkward to, to our being, to the way we are and, and, and the things we do. But this is God's plan in order to accomplish the mission that we have. In the verses that we just read, we saw Peter with no uh, idea of God's plan uh, 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 about the Gentiles. And, and he was in his resting area. He was just resting in, in that house. And then the Lord began to ask him uh, to do the most absurd thing to do according to his religion style. Remember, he learned to be under the law. Into this point, uh, uh, he wasn't understanding the grace that we have understand now. But in that moment, even though Jesus had resurrected and grace had taken place, he was still trying to understand that process. So uh, all these kind of animals came down. I wish there were uh, alligator bites, but they were not. <laughs> so, uh, but they all it, it start coming down. By the way, they're really good, I'm telling you. If you have not tried, you're not Cajun. Uh, so, uh, 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 all these things came down. And, uh, and, uh, and then he's saying, uh, God is saying, you must try to eat. And Peter's like, no way, Jose. Oh, that's horrible. I'm not going to do that. How am I going to get impure with all those things? So uh, for Peter, what's a matter of not understanding what was God's purposes in that moment and the things that he wanted to do. Uh, so uh, uh, it is really important to note that when we are going to uh, pursue God's plan, it does not uh, mean that it, it has to be the most logical thing into our minds. Sometimes to follow God's plans, it will have to go uh, uh, beyond our human being. And it won't be according to what we have learned to do, uh, but it will go outside of our, what, what I want to call it, our box, outside of our uh, uh, comfort zone, outside of our uh, uh, um, uh, normal style of living. And, and, uh, and uh, God... Uh, uh, what it means by the, what, what I'm trying to say is that he will fulfill our hearts with a wonderful peace when we obey what he is asking us to do. Even though we don't know how, even though how is it, we don't know how is it going to end, even though uh, we don't know what are the steps that we're going to take, God will fulfill our hearts when we are in obedience because that's what he bless, obedience upon us. I had never seen the Albanian flag uh, before in life. Well, at least I do not remember it when I did study it in, 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 in my first year of school. And, and, and it came relative to me in the year 2011 when I saw it for the first time. When I was returning for my mission field from Honduras with my family, when I saw the flag... Uh, uh, I, don't, I'm not going to tell you, oh, I got in love with this flag. No, it wasn't. When I saw the flag, the first thing I thought was, ooh, I'm terrified. Not because it, I love this flag now, because it means a lot to me. Now it's home for me. If you would ask my girls, when, if they're really desperately to go to Albania, they will tell you, we've been counting the days since we left. We arrived in Salvador after a week. They wanted to be back in Albania. I said, you're weird. 
I said, how you want to be back there? They're like, that's our home. This is your house, but that's our home. So they learned that this is our environment. So they're not weird. I'm just joking with you. I'm really excited they have that passion to know that this is our specific goal. But in the beginning, it wasn't like that. In the beginning, uh, uh, when God showed me this flag, I began to think, but God, this is a Muslim country. And let me tell you some details about how Muslims countries are. Uh, uh, especially this one. For example, if I'm walking on the street and I'm coming with my family, uh, uh, the man, a Muslim Albanian man, will stop me. I'm going to greet him because in Albania, like in Louisiana, people are important. I love about this part of Louisiana. People are really important. That's why I've been eating a lot. And, uh, and, uh, but uh, uh, this, when you walk through uh, the street and you meet this man... He will greet me and he will say, hi, how you doing in Albanian? And the next question he will make is, how many boys do you have? And then I will say, I don't have any boys. I only have two beautiful girls that the Lord gave me. He will put his hand in his chest. He will look down and he will say, Ishallah. This in, in Turkish means, may Allah had mercy on you. Because according to their uh, standards, uh, if you're not able to have children, boys, or boys in your family, then you, you, are, uh, um, you are cursed by Allah. So the next question, uh, well, that's one of the things. So when I saw the flag, I'm saying, God, you're calling me with my daughters to a place where we don't fit. We don't fit into that culture. I only have girls. How am I going to take my girls to go to a Muslim country? I'm okay in Honduras, God. We're speaking Spanish. I don't have to get into all these languages. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and then the next thing in Albania is when we're walking by, by the street and then I meet a man, a Muslim Albanian man, he will come and greet me. And after he greets me, he will ask for my wife. Even though my wife is there, he will never talk to my wife. He will talk to me. And he will say, how's your wife? How is she doing? Sometimes I'm, I, I like to joke around. So I look at her and I said, I think she's fine. She looks fine to me. And then he will never look at her. She will look at me. And then she will say, he will say, how your girls are doing? Again, I will stick my head longer. And I said, they look nice to me. And then he will say, I'm glad they're okay. Bye. Middle portion. That's bye see you later and then he will never say a word to my wife and will never say a word to my daughters they will be ignored so well if i walk by here i'm not i don't get a, a, a pastor's wife uh they will think oh what in the starving missionary we have he even did agree to us but this is the culture in there. This is the way the Albanian Muslims uh, culture works. So when God is showing me this flag and he's telling me, you need to move from Honduras to go over there, I'm telling you, oh, God, you're asking a, 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 something that is illogical. You know, I don't fit in that culture. I, you only gave me girls. And, and I mean, and by, by that, there is no shopping places in there. And, you know, girls like to shop a lot. And we don't have that. And, uh, and uh, so, but what I'm trying, the point that I wanted to get is, well, God's logic does not turn out to be our human logic. It will never be the way we conceive things. And this is the main point I want to talk about today. When we're talking about fulfilling the missionary call into our lives, 
uh, and I want to say the missionary call because our mission field feels it starts right when we cross the door, the main gate of those three exits that you have. Right when you cross that, your mission field starts. For some of us, it's about a matter of going and travel around the world and go at the other side of the world. But we all have a missionary call to serve and share with others about God and Jesus. Uh, so uh, uh, when we're talking about our fulfilling our missionary call, uh, human logic totally disappears. Uh, traditions are broken and boxes are transformed completely. And we do not process ministry anymore like a factory to produce the items that we already know. But uh, different from that, uh, uh, um, we begin uh, to, uh, we begin, I got lost in here. Okay, human logic disappearing, traditions are broken, and the boxes are transformed. Because we start to enter into in a new territory, sometimes with totally different people from us, and facing circumstances that we have, we have no idea how to deal with them. Uh, however, God knows where he's sending you. God knows what he's telling you to do. God knows. And the most important thing is that he really has a plan when he's telling you to do something. He has a plan. And the, uh, uh, and the, more, uh, that, uh, we, uh, uh, the more we enter into that specific mission that he's calling individually to do, the more that we're going to understand what God's plans, it's all about it. In other words, don't expect to know how God is going to work until you start giving steps of faith in that direction that God is calling you to do. Everyone knows about the next building they're going to put together? Okay. Okay. You just need a lot of money. <laughs> we don't know how you're going to have 15 million dollars to build that other part that you want to build. But you just start taking steps of faith to know this is God's calling and he's going to fulfill whatever he's telling me to do. So, I want to speak about three important things this morning, about what we need to do, about fulfilling uh, uh, that uh, main uh, um, call that we have. Number one, we may have to sit at the table with sinners. We may have to sit at the table with sinners. In the verse one to three, you can see that those in Jerusalem had to accept the, underst- uh, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the real truth uh, of God's work among the Gentiles. Uh, it was a matter of choosing to resist to what God was doing or a matter of uh, getting uh, to become part of what God was doing among them. We have the similar choices right in front of our eyes. Uh, we can ignore what God is doing surrounding our, our, our lives and our church, our ministries, or what he's doing around the world, or we can be part of what God is about to do into the next days and begin to experience a, a wonderful uh, way to serve the Lord with whatever we have. 
uh, God is sending, sending us out uh, to those outside of our faith. God is challenging our hearts to not just remain sitting within the church or remain just with those that they know Jesus. It's very nice to pray with those who, who, who already are saved because they can pray for you. They understand. But it's not that they don't need Jesus, but there are other groups among, uh, around us, other groups in, in the world who are needed in to hear what the Lord will do. In the matter of Muslim-majority nations, a person can tr- uh, uh, tremble to do the right thing for the glory of God. Uh, in, in one of the details to consider in the Western style, sometimes we try to do confrontation about to determine this is my faith, this is my doctrine, this is what I believe. And sometimes we just want to do that confrontation with someone to make it clear that our God is our God and is a real God. In the Muslim environment, it doesn't work that way. In the Muslim environment, it's all about the way you live your life. And it's all, all about how you let Jesus to live through your life to show the others what he can do. I know God has a plan for all the Muslims and Buddhists and other religions around the world. And that plan includes your life. That plan includes, includes you. I hope you understand my English this morning. But you have to leave your comfort zone. You have, to, you have to understand that you will not be able to fulfill all what God wants to do through your life if you still stay in your comfort zone. You must go out for, for, from what is comfortable to you. That's what happened to Peter. He was just resting. He was just in a comfort zone. But God came upon him and said, hey, Peter, it's time for you to move. It's time for you to react. It's time for you to understand that I'm about to do great things, but you have to walk in faith. This reminds me of my first coffee in Albania. Well, uh, Albanians love coffee like El Salvadorians. I hope you do too. Uh, the difference in Albania is that our cup is this much. And then uh, the other thing is that the cup has to last one hour and a half. Because the whole point about drinking coffee in Albania is not about how much coffee you drink. It's about how much you can talk to people. Relationships are more important than the cup of coffee that we can drink. So in the beginning, I didn't know. I didn't know the rules. And I ordered this cup, coffee. To me, it was so little because the ensemble is so big. And then, and then I drank it, all of it. And then the person who was translating for me, the, he, he hit my arm and said, get another coffee. I said, why? I already finished. Get another one. Okay, I'll be obedient. I order another coffee. Sometimes I drink three or four. And I said, why am I drinking much coffee? And he's like, because when you, finish, when you drink the coffee, if you drink it that way so fast, you're telling the person in front of you, I don't like you. I don't want to talk to you. So he said, you have to go little by little by little, swallowing up little by little until he finished. The person who invites for the coffee is the person who has to finish the cup. Once he finished, then all the coffee is finished. Well, when you go to the coffee, men in Albania like to drink coffee. There are coffee shops in there like there are uh, uh, alligators in Louisiana. So you can find it everywhere. Even in church, I think there's one. But anyway... Uh, we, we, uh, 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 I, I used to get coffees. I didn't know the other rule. When you go out, uh, if you meet someone who likes to drink coffee, they, I mean, if you meet someone that knows you, that person, even, even though that person doesn't want to invite you for a coffee, 
he will have to invite you because he already saw you. And then even though you don't want to go to drink a coffee with that person, you have to go because you already saw that person. So you go across the street. That's why they have a lot of coffees. And then you sit and drink another coffee. And you can do that all day long. So now I learn. Before I go out, I stick the head. And I, I look around. I don't know anyone. Then I go quickly. If not, I never get the work done. And we have to translate a lot of materials and, and to do a lot of things. So uh, in the very first days, I didn't know. I, I, I mean, I told Reina, I said, Reina, we just have to culturize, get into culture. So this is the thing. Women don't go out for coffee. Just men. I know it's sad. You can say it. Women stay home cleaning the house. Oh, I know it's sad. It but that's life. So... She, she has to, so at 6 o'clock in the morning, we all get up, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, kids go to school, and then Raina, uh, like the other ladies around, are cleaning the house, because they have until 9 o'clock in the morning for the house to be clean and ready. We take off our shoes in Albania, so our shoes, or socks don't have to get dirty, so that house has to be clean. And, uh, and after 9 o'clock, then they can go out and get their coffee with their neighbors. So Raina drinks coffee with the other ladies who are around her, around her houses, her neighbors. Uh, I'll go out. Uh, men at 6 o'clock in the morning go like a parade like, uh, out in the road. You only see at 6 o'clock in the morning men going out. We don't drink coffee in my house. When you come to Albania, I'm going to take you to the coffee shop. We don't drink coffee at my house. <laughs> so uh, we... we uh, I said, right now, uh, we just have to get into culture. So uh, I'm sorry, I got the coffee part. And so you stay at home. All right. Okay. So I went out and uh, I said, I need to practice Albanian. I need to learn the culture. This, is, this was the very 60 day, the first 60 days when I was in Albania. And then when I was there at the corner, just about to get into the coffee, I began to think, wait a minute. Who am I going to drink coffee with? I come from El Salvador where 50% of the population are evangelical Christians. I grew up in a Christian family where my mom and my dad sent me to a Christian school with Christian education. And they always said, you need to watch the Christian program. You need to, to go in the Christian bus. You need to sit in the Christian chair. Everything was like Christianity, Christianity, Christianity. You don't go with the pagans. You stay with the Christians. You just find your friends from church. You, you go out with them. You don't go to the movies to, to, to the, uh, with the pagans. You stay on the Christian theater. I don't know if you have one, but that was the idea. Everything was like, go with Christians and do things with the Christians. I don't know if I tell you, but Albanians only have the 0.09% evangelical Christians in 3.5 million people living there. So four kilometers around my house, I don't have any evangelical Christians. There are only Muslims. And I have Sunnis and Sufis. And the Sunnis are those who are pagans. They like to smoke and they drink alcohol. So they said they're Muslims, but they, but they don't follow all the traditions. So I'm there at the corner, and I'm thinking like, Peter, I need to go drink coffee, but I don't have a Christian friend to go drink coffee. And the Holy Spirit say, you need to go drink coffee with them. And then I said, me? God, I'm holy. They, they, they smoke. They drink alcohol. I don't do those things. And God said, you don't startle a light or you don't shine a light 
to shine where it's, uh, it's light. You, you put a light where it's dark so it can shine to those who are in darkness. And I said, but God, I never had seen in a table like that. I was just like Peter. God, you're killing me with that. I mean, I fast, I pray all what you want, but to sit there. And God said, that's why I brought you here. So I walk, I enter the cafe, and it was in that time when it was still cold. In Albania, we'll get minus 14 uh, Celsius. Uh, that will be around 30, I think. I don't know. It will be cold. We get a snow, so you get the idea. So, uh, uh, so in that time, it's still it's cold. So they close all the windows, and they try to keep the heat inside, and all the smoke stay inside. And then so I'll sit. I don't know Albanian. I'm trying to practice my Albanian. I'm trying to talk to them. And then uh, I, I'm in the middle of them. They're drinking alcohol. They're drink, uh, smoking. And I'm thinking, what am I doing here? This is not my place. And then the Holy Spirit keeps saying, just sit. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Okay, God, I'm going to sit. And I'm here drinking coffee with them. Suddenly, I didn't know the rules, so it was one of those days that I drink coffee all day long. It was night. It was dark already. They were closing the cafes. <laughs> I needed to come home. So when I came home, I was tired. I was tired. I get tired after 6 o'clock in the evening because languages barriers and or to use other languages. Pastor Klein, Pastor Ben, they know after 6 o'clock, I, I only speak Spanish. So and they want to know everything before 6 in the evening. So, uh, uh, but, uh, so I was tired. My Albanian wasn't the best. I was frustrated because I was speaking to people who are above 50 years old. And those who are above 50 years old, they are atheists. But I'm not speaking of someone who thinks God doesn't exist. They were doctrine during the communism in the years 40 to, to 80s, 90s, that God did, doesn't exist. So when I'm speaking to them, I'm really frustrated because it... I grew up in church, so to me, a matter of uh, God existing or not is not in discussion. I know God exists because he's with me. And I'm thinking, how in the world is man can I get it that God is here with us? But that's what he learned. So I'm coming back home, tired, frustrated, and, and, and remember the smoke? My clothes stink like a lot of smoke. So when my wife opened the doors... At, of of house, she said she didn't see my spiritual burning and frustration. She used the nose to smell how bad I was thing. How how bad? How do you say that? You got the point, but let me say it to you. I stunk like I was smoking, and she looked at me like, oh, "You, you're a missionary. How can you do that?" And I'm like, how can I do that? What? I'm still thinking, how can I say hello in Albanian? And then she said, go inside. She sent the kids all to the rooms, the girls to the rooms. The, girl, the girls are like, it's too early to go to bed. She's like, go to bed. It's time to go to bed. She grabbed her Bible. She said, go change your clothes. I went and changed my clothes. I came to the living room. Hey, we live in Albania, but she's still a Salvadorian. So she said, can we talk? I feel like uh, she wanted to correct me. And she said, what happened? And I explained to her and I said, listen, this is what God told me. I've been sitting there and, and, and it was hard. It's been really discouraged just to try to share about God when 
these people don't know in there with all these habits that I don't have. Then she closed the Bible and she said, let's pray together. And, uh, and she knew I wasn't smoking. She knew I was just trying to do the best of I could in a moment. We pray, and after we pray, she said, and what do you feel in your heart now? What is God speaking to you? I said, that I have to go tomorrow, and I don't want you. And she said, well, I'm going to take a challenge. While I'm learning Albanian, also I'm going to be cleaning the house for you, and I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be intercessing, and that's what she did. We did it for two years, almost over two years. I went out while I was learning. After two years, she went to the store to try to grab something for me, and, uh, and then when she grabbed it, uh, uh, she was about to pay. The lady at the store said, uh, uh, you don't have to pay anything. That's for free. And Raina says, no, we pay everything. I mean, you don't have to give it to me. And she said, no, I just want to show you the respect that all of us, we have for you. What do you mean? She said, because at this moment, we're speaking Albanian. It was almost two years later. And the lady said, oh, everyone in here, there is, we're speaking about you and your husband and your kids. And we know he's the only one who doesn't drink alcohol. He's the only one who doesn't smoke because all our husbands are speaking about it. And they know he, and we know you're so special. There's something different in you. You and I, we know what it is. It is the presence of the Holy Spirit that had fulfilled our lives in order to come into these areas. And she's saying, uh, there is something special, and we just love that you guys are here with us. Oh, Raina was so excited. She came home, and she told me, and I got to tell you, after that day, all, all those men who were drinking coffee with me, they began to invite me to their homes, and, and, and I began to come to their homes to eat. That food was good, but it wasn't just only to eat. They invite me to their homes because they didn't have the courage to ask me about Jesus. So they invite me to their home and they said, can you please explain me a little bit about that Jesus that you're speaking about? About your faith, what you're believing in it? I was like, praise God, not, not just come to their homes, but they fit me well into ministry to them. And, and now we, we go into our homes, these homes. If they have their families, they invite us. They said, can, I have all the kids in my house. Can you please come and pray for my family? Or I have this issue. One day, Raina was coming with a Bible uh, and had a Bible here from church. And, and the lady who lives in, in the floor under us, she said, uh, and, uh, Raina, what is that book? And she said, this is the Bible, the Word of God. What is that? And she said, let me go and explain you. She went into her house and explained to her now every time uh, that Rain is out or, or she's not feeling good, the, the lady, she calls Rain and says, Raina, where are you? Uh, uh, I said, I'm a church. She said, I'm a church at home. She said, please come and bring that book because I like when you're reading it to me. I like to know things. And uh, this is what it happens. I know you know this. I know you know what it means this. It's not the golf ball. It's the ping pong, I think. And yesterday I went out with Pastor Ben and, and I wanted to, to go and share uh, with someone about Jesus. Well, I didn't get to share the whole story of Jesus, but we got to invite her to come to church. And it was right there in the uh, 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 buying bread. We just needed bread to eat, and we went to get it to the grocery store. It is the Ross's supermarket. And it was the girl right there, the cashier, when we were about to pay. And then I ended up that, well, I'm not going to tell the whole story because I need to preach, but... We got to share a little bit with her. And uh, she, she had relatives uh, from Honduras, close to El Salvador. And I said, oh, my daughter was born in Honduras. Oh, really? And I said, you should come to church. I'll, I'll uh, live in work church. And pastor explained where he was. So 
I have a bowl here that is already ready to go into, into the uh, go tell because I learned that you have a minister like that. And I was so excited. And I don't know if I can get this to in there, but I'm going to do something about go tell in Albania and I'm going to collect as many as I can. So I just want to tell you this. God wants to use your life. And maybe you, you've been feeling, no, it's not, it's not my position to go there. It was the supermarket. I know you go to the supermarket. I know sometimes you're opening the door to get the milk, and there's another person there getting the milk too. Those are good possibilities for you to fill it up that box. It's not about numbers. It's about Getting to know Jesus to those who already don't know who he is. Number two, I'm going to move forward because it's almost midday and I haven't finished. I'm still in point one. Well, I don't come very often, so. Number two, understanding that what God wants for us, he wants for all. Understanding that what God wants for us, he wants for all. In verse 11 uh, we can see uh, three men who had uh, been sent to Peter uh, from Caesarea. They came into the house. Uh, but look, Peter says in the verse 12, The Spirit told me uh, uh, to, have to, uh, to have no hesitation about going with them. And in the verse 14, an angel told them that Peter will bring a message uh, through which uh, the whole house will be saved. Dear brothers and sisters, the blood of Jesus was given to clean all humanity from sin. Sin is what controls the world in these days, but grace is what comes from heaven to wash it all away. One of the main facts that Albanian culture has uh, within the environment that is really hard to deal with is the pride, pridefulness, and some groups, racism. That's a, a big factor. I read it one time in, in, in someone's writing, reading, writing, reading is this, sorry. Racism is not a bad habit, neither a mistake. It is a sin. The answer then is not sociological, but theological. In other words, when we ignore the unreached groups, when we ignore all these people that have not received Jesus on their hearts, because there are still groups, not just in Kosovo, Macedonia, but around us who have never heard about the name of Jesus. And when we ignore this outside of our church, we are becoming spiritually racists. We never had considered that because we're so busy trying to do God's work. And we're so busy about our building. We're so busy about our church. We're so busy about our chairs. We're so busy about our tables. We're so busy about doing this. We're so busy about looking good. But when we're thinking about us, 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 we stop thinking about them, 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 and them. And then we get into this problem. Why? Because we're so busy doing things that we forget that ministry is not about things. It's about caring for people. I remember, and I'm going to try to go fast with this, but I, I don't want to miss Andrew. Andrew came to church one Sunday, and I want to show you his picture. Andrew, the little boy in there in red and in gray. Andrew, and Pastor Miko is there too. 
And uh, so Andrew came to church one Sunday, and Reina said, that's a good uh, boy to, to be included into discipleship. So uh, he speaks English. I went and talked to him, and I said, Andrew, this was in the very beginning, like maybe month fifth when we were there in Albania. He came, and, and I said, Andrew, would you like to come to discipleship on, on, on Saturday morning? He said, no, my, my mom won't let me. Uh, come and she cannot bring me over. I said, "Don't worry, I will. I will come and take you." And he's like, "No, it's too far away. Casale, it it's, uh, takes time. There is no pu- public transportation regularly. And then uh, uh, sometimes when there is a, a, a van or, or any car coming, then they can catch a ride to come." And uh, he said, "No, it's it's difficult." I said, "I'm gonna go get you." And he said, "It will be too much gas." You don't worry. That's what I get the offerings for, to put gas in the car to go get you. That's why you send the offerings, right? So I said, don't worry. We're going to have gas. So uh, uh, he said, okay, let me talk to my parents. We talked to them. We were organized, and I was about to go get him. When I was in the road, I'm telling you that that road wasn't the best road ever. It was a really dumpy road, a pretty bad dirt road. And when I was about to go there, none of the Albanians wanted to go with me. Remember that in this time, I didn't know Albanian very good. And Albanian mixed not just within the language, but in the dialects. For example, when you said yes, you said, Paul, this is yes, and you move your head like this. And when you said no, you said yo, and you move your head like this. But in the dialect that they speak right there 10 minutes after my house, they said yes, they go, that's yes. And they say no, they go, so I'm, I'm there alone, and I'm thinking, well, I'm going to meet all the Sufis. These not, are not Sunni. Sufis are those who are in other group of Muslims, but they are more, a, a, a little bit, not aggressive, but they don't like to mess with missionaries. So uh, I'm thinking, I'm alone. I'm in this door road. What if I don't come back? And then the Holy Spirit began to think, of, uh, uh, put in my mind one story about one missionary who went to Africa. He preached only one little boy. Got saved. After several years, he left, and he left that little boy. That little boy grew up to become a strong pastor. He planned different churches. And when the missionary's daughter visited the country again, he finds it out that that little boy became the, the, the president for a big group of churches that he had planned. When that story came to my mind, I said, no, I'm going to go because Andy could be the next pastor that we're going to raise. So I drove, I got to there, and Andrew was there waiting for me. I put him in the car, and we came back. And then when I was teaching, um, I used Google Translate in the beginning to do the translation. So the Albanian wasn't the best, and I, could, I was just like, ah, blah, blah. And I, we did the best we could. We finished the class. By respect, I asked Andrew, Andy, what do you think about the class? And he said, it was the best class ever. I look at him and I said, it was the Holy Spirit because I know I didn't speak well. And then, and then he said, but I don't want to come alone. I want to invite my friends. Would you let me invite my friends? I said, your friends are part of the Muslim families. You have to make sure they know they don't come to church to play. They come to read the Bible. He said, I will talk to them. Well, remember I told you that in, in Albania, you're respectful for how many boys you have. Also, if you have a boy, your boy will be respectful for who you are. So you have your dad's name in your side. So my name is in Albania, Carlos Ernesto Hipólito Valladares Perez. It's five names because my dad's name. So Andri's dad is the teacher in the community. 
they respect him. So Andrew got respect from anyone in that community. So he could go around the houses and invite everyone to come. Well, the next week I'm coming on Saturday and he was there with eight of his friends waiting for me to come to church. I said, Andy, you told them they're not coming to play. You told them they're coming to read the Bible. He said, yes, pastor, I did. And he said, but if you have any issues with me, with them, you just talk to me. I'm responsible. He was nine years old in the moment. And then he said, you know what's my dream, Pastor Carlos? My dream is to be the pastor in here in Casale that we can start a church and now want to be the pastor for them. I said, I, was, I didn't make a mistake. I'm in the right land where the Lord really sent me. Two years later, two and a half, well, you came to start your church. Your team came to start the church. And they were there before we even started church. Now we have a church, a growing church. Uh, we have a pastor. And, and when uh, uh, a year and a half, almost two years in March that we start Casale, I said, Andrew, we're going to start Casale because I couldn't get any more youth coming uh, to church. I said, we're going to have to start the other church there, plant the other church. And he said, uh, am I going to be the pastor? I look at him like, you're 14. Well, in six years, you will be 20. I'll send you to Bible school in those two years. If the Lord lets you, you get married within the time. Yes, you'll be one of the pastors. Who says that I cannot train a young man to become the pastor for Casale if that's his dream? Then that's what we're doing. We're training Andrew to become the future pastor for this area. Because what God wants for us, he wants it for all. And I'm going to finish with this. Knowing that what God has done for us, he will do for us, for all. Knowing that what God has done for us, he will do for all. Therefore, things why Muslims convert to Christianism. And this is important to know. One because the confidence of salvation that they, that they can hear. Uh, in one hand, Allah will, be, will choose whoever he wants to say. But when they speak that there is assurance on salvation on Jesus, then they want to know who this Jesus is. Uh, sometimes there are dreams and visions that are coming upon the Muslims. And, and God is showing and revealing themselves. And then he's sending them to Christians to explain them what God is about to do. The other thing is love. In one hand, uh, Allah will judge whoever he wants, uh, 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 however he wants. But in the other hand, when we share about the love and if we repent for more sin, God is willing to forgive us forever, then they want to they wanna know more about God. And the, and the fourth thing is a relationship with God. When I speak, because now I speak Albanian, and I can go to the coffee and tell them about Jesus straight oh, 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 where I am, because now they're my friends. And when I sit on my table, there is no smoke on my table. There is no alcohol on my table. Because they learn, this is Carlos, and this is Carlos' table. He's going he's gonna to be with the coffee. So if they want to smoke, they go out. If they want to drink, they go out. But if they want to talk to me about Jesus, they come into my table in the coffee because they know I have a relationship with God. And they said, how do you have a relationship with God? I talk to him every day. I read the word of God. As a matter of fact, while I'm talking to you, I said, he's here with me and I can sense his presence. When I'm speaking about that, they want to understand because they don't have that same relationship with Allah because Allah is here and they are down. So they want to know what kind of relationship we have. Donika. Oh, it's almost, uh, can I share it? I share it. I promise you I don't come back next week. <laughs> Donica, Donica, uh, Donica got, got saved. Uh, um, her daughter was uh, d- uh, demon possessed. 
And uh, they called us to come and pray. When we came, he was showing uh, the demons were reflecting on her. So we talked to Donica and we said, Donica, the only way you would be delivered from this is to receive Jesus. We explained the plan of salvation. And then, and then she received Jesus that day. After that, we went and prayed for her daughter. Her daughter got deliverance, delivered deliver from that. And, uh, and, uh, and she came uh, to conscience. So I, we talked to her and we said, those demons will come back except if you accept Jesus in your heart. And we explained her the plan of salvation and she received Jesus in her heart. Then we left that night. All the neighbors were waiting for the noises and the, and the, and the hitings and the walls from the control of the demons upon uh, 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 that girl. But that night, none of the noises came. None of the hitings of the walls came. What he came was the wonderful peace of the presence of the Holy Spirit uh, 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 among Donica and her daughter. And you know what they did the next morning? The next day in the evening, they began to walk in the street to go to our church. And, and, and they said, isn't that Donica and her daughter, the one that he couldn't come out because he, he, she was having issues? And, and she was walking in the direction to her church. She came, she interrupted her service. She didn't know uh, the way we managed the service. So she came forward straight to the front. And he, she said, I want to talk. So she said, okay, let the lady talk. And then she said, I want to tell you that the pastors went and prayed for me yesterday. And they prayed for my daughter. My daughter was free from whatever she had. And now I'm here to let you know that Jesus is in my heart. And I'm going to believe in him. And I'm going to follow him. And I'm going to tell everyone about him. Because he's the only one who can save and change and do different things. And she did. Since that day. Donica have not stopped to come to church. And matter of fact, after that, she was on the streets sharing with other ones saying, Oh, you know, Jesus is the only one who can save. You know, Jesus is the only one who can change your home because he did it. You know, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then one day I stop her and I say, Donica, you cannot go by the road saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There are Muslims families and they might be uh, upset because you're sharing with them that she said, Pastor, I didn't know who Jesus was. And now that I had understand who he is, I want them to know who he is. I look at her and I said, go for it. I said, if something happened to you, I'll meet you in heaven. But nothing happened to Donica. As a matter of fact, what happened is, three months later, his son came to church to receive Jesus because her, his mother was speaking to him. One year later, when she was about to get baptized, this was last year, March last year, when she was about to be baptized in water, her husband came to church and received Jesus. Now all the church is attending, all the families attending church, and they are part of our body there. Before we left Albania, because we've been out for almost eight months, I cannot wait to get home. I cannot wait to get home. Before we left in August, I said, Donica, what are you going to serve with in church? Because now you're in level four in discipleship. You're going to become one of the leaders. And she said, I want to teach to the little ones, five to eight. I said, why? She said, because I want to teach them all those good things that no one taught me when I was little. I want them to know who Jesus is. I can't wait to get home. 
I love El Salvador. I love my family. But Albania is our home. Albania is our dream. And Albania is our goal. Five years ago, I had no idea. I had no idea that I even going to be here talking to you. But God has a plan. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to be obedient to his plan. What are you going to do? Do you want to stand in your face this morning? I know I took a longer time and I apologize for that. But right where you are, I want you to close your eyes. I want to invite you to close your eyes and just to think for a second. God will bring names into you. God will bring people into your mind, will bring groups into your mind of people that they need to hear from you. What are you going to do? I want to obey. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your love that is here. Thank you for your sweet presence that is here. Thank you because you had called us from different parts, different, different backgrounds for one purpose, to worship you and to let the other ones know about you. We want to be obedient to you. We just want to do what it takes to be obedient to you. Help us this morning to go and tell. Help us this morning to go and experience. Help us this morning to go and prove that you are a mighty God who is willing to do miracles in front of us. If God is calling you, don't be afraid. If God calls you to Albania, praise God, I will wait for you. You don't have an idea. But if he calls you to go somewhere, don't be afraid. The one who created heaven and earth, the same God who was with Moses, the same God within the Bible, is the same God or perform miracles within these days. God bless you. I want to, uh, uh, Raina and Kelly, would you mind, would you mind coming up? I know you said before you didn't want to come up, but I just want you to come up. And we want to pray for you. Sophia is in children's church with Pastor Matt. Once you stretch your hands towards Carlos and Reina, Kelly, and let's pray, let's pray for them. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for this precious family. Thank you for their willingness to say yes. Lord, that's all you ask from any of us is just to say to, to say yes. Lord, you ask that we would go. And I thank you for their willingness to go, not, not just to go to their next door neighbor in El Salvador but they went across the world to another country another people that they did not know they answered your call you sent them there you've been with them these years and they are so anxious to get back home 
Lord, the, the burden and the fire in their heart is burning to get back to the work you've called them to. And Lord, I just pray, God, that you would give them mighty, mighty fruit for their labor. Lord, they have been plowing for these four years and they're going back. And I just pray, Lord, that they would even see more evidence of the work that, that you have done while they were there. And I pray that you would open up new opportunities and new doors of ministry for them. I pray that you would bring in more and more finances that they need to do the work you've called them to. Lord, strengthen them during the times where they're weary. When they're discouraged, Lord, I pray that you would encourage them. Lord, I pray that, the, that your Holy Spirit would lead them and guide them in every direction that they need to go. I pray that you would protect them and keep them safe from harm. And I pray that you would continue to bring with them men and women that love you, that will link arms with them to do the work you've called them to. Because it is a good work. It's the work that we're all called to. The work we're called to at Living Word Church is the work that they're doing in Albania. It's the work of spreading the good news of Jesus Christ everywhere that we can spread it. Bless the Valadares family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I love you. Hey Matt, can you can you grab that basket in that tray right there on the bottom? I'm gonna put the basket right here up front. We already have an offering plan to give Pastor Carlos and his family that we would typically... You just leave that all in there. Or just take it out. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. We have an offering that we're going to already plan to give him that we give to a guest speaker when they come to preach. But I want to give you a special opportunity. As I dismiss in prayer, the Lord has laid on your heart any special offering you want to give them. You can write your checks out to Living Word Church as you normally do. But if you have cash, come and bring money and just bless them. The Lord doesn't lay on your heart to give, don't give. But if he lays on your heart to give, come and bring an offering. Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for Pastor Carlos and his family coming to share with us. Lord, I thank you that it was a special opportunity for us to be challenged as North American Christians. That we are challenged, Lord, to, to, to look outside of our four walls. To be challenged to go and tell. Go and tell of the good news of Jesus Christ and how he has transformed us. And Lord, may we see it as simply as Carlos expressed it, that it's just like having coffee. That we would go, we'd have coffee. We'd have fellowship and relationship with those that don't know you. We would begin to build those relationships and speak of the wonderful truth of your gospel. Lord, I pray that we would be motivated and encouraged, that we would go with the power of your spirit to proclaim your truth. Lord, be with us as we leave today. Lord, bless your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.